chapter twenty eight of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter twenty eight after that momentous interview lady jim realized the truth of strange's scriptural quotation although he had translated it into his own lax vernacular unfortunately hearing it after the event she could not take isaiah's advice and had too hastily condemned the fetish she would have given much for the recovery of that precise peacock's feather for having freely thrown it away it was doubtful to her superstitious mind if the luck would hold certainly she had arranged judiciously for jim's return to civilization and the unscrupulous captain appeared willing to earn wages as a scapegoat but there was always the unforeseen to be reckoned with a chance word a chance discovery a too minute inquiry these might wreck the whole scheme and she would reap a whirlwind stormy enough to sweep her out of a social paradise into the bleak desert of sinners found out a most uncomfortable locality she did what she could poor woman to propitiate her bail a new peacock's feather was procured and she apologized for her want of faith also she experimented with the new symbol would a particular costume arrive at a certain hour would some very doubtful stock which she held turn honest would captain strange after consulting a lawyer still hold to his nefarious bargain the test proved satisfactory for her bail apparently amenable to apology worked excellently through the new semblance of his deity the dress duly arrived within the fixed time the shares rose rapidly and enabled her to sell at a profit which she did not deserve finally a grubby note from strange assured her without detail that he was on his way to firmingham it would seem that the prospect of picking oakum for a livelihood appealed to him at the agreed price pending the explosion of the mine to which strange was about to apply a match leah possessed her soul impatience three days did she wait and they were days of purgatory for obvious reasons she did not return to firmingham but wrote to lionel stating that she had received a terrible shock nature not mentioned and intended to consult the family solicitors about the same she thus made herself safe about the sailor's visit in case any one might wonder why he had come to her in the first instance and in the letter she told the truth for once since she paid a visit to lincoln's inn fields an explanation of her errand startled the suave head of a justly celebrated legal firm on recovering from pardonable amazement he gave his client the full value of her six and eightpence kidnapping explained mr hall to a tearful listener for lady jim thought that the circumstances demanded emotion is not in itself a serious offence and really applies only to persons under fourteen years of age in the case of an adult like lord james this sailor would be punished with uh, maybe two years imprisonment he might even be let off with a heavy fine leah's face fell considerably she would have to pay that fine and did not relish parting with more money how interesting she murmured vaguely and waited for further information blackmail however pursued the lawyer emphatically is a very grave offence and can be punished with five years imprisonment involving penal servitude that would be better agreed lady jim 
thinking that strange at hard labour would earn one thousand a year and have an extra thousand over when his term was ended a profitable imprisonment for him truly she reflected and extremely costly for her then again lady james if the offences committed by letter sentence for life can be passed oh he didn't write she said hastily and congratulated herself that strange had not done so since even for so many thousands he would not be inclined to remain a prisoner for ever but perhaps mr kames may receive a letter the man hinted that he would try in that quarter seeing that i would not yield to his extortion you should have had him arrested i had not my wits about me he would have shot me had i summoned the servants bless me lady james had he a weapon a revolver she replied unscrupulously so you can see how i a poor weak woman was intimidated that will add to his sentence said mr hall upon which she wished she had checked her imagination it would be foolish to push strange into a corner for as yet she could not reckon the exact power of his greed however she could not unsay what she had said and nothing remained but to pray to the fetish and hope for the best the duke must be warned went on mr hall who asked leah just as sharply as she had asked colley the new duke i beg your pardon for of course if this story is true lord james is the duke of pentland you doubt the story then hall raised his eyebrows and shook his head i cannot give an opinion until i have seen this man and sifted his statements he paused and looked at her inquiringly i presume lady james that this man closely resembles your husband what man oh garth yes you may guess how closely when the late duke lord frith and myself were all deceived certainly the likeness was well known in firmingham there were reasons she added with hesitation family reasons oh er uh, quite so mr hall who knew something of the adamite side of his late grace coughed away a laugh i can see how the mistake arose lady james natural enough oh dear me natural enough why do you not give me my proper title she asked haughtily pardon me but the truth of this man's wild story is yet to be proved may i ask a few needful questions a wave of her hand signified that he might and she had submitted to a tolerably stiff examination being prepared with artless answers to every question she emerged triumphantly from the ordeal and when in possession of her facts mr hall subscribed to the wickedness of demetrius and strange a pair of villains my dear lady the one sinned for love and the other from avarice astonishing whither those passions lead us astonishing well well we must hope i trust for your ladyship's sake that the story is true so do i wept leah producing her handkerchief not for the sake of the title or the money dear mr hall but because my poor husband oh here she skilfully broke down for want of something to say pray calm yourself lady james let us hope that in a few days i shall be able to address you as the duchess of pentland give me back my husband i ask no more was her magnanimous reply and while driving to curzon street she reflected how very magnanimous it really was seeing that she had no wish for jim's company to be tied to that log again was scarcely worth the income besides jim who had no sense of decency would assuredly laugh his loudest at the thought of her unnecessary trouble he would not even thank her for giving him his rights although he must know that it was sorely against the grain for her to put up with his boring society but in spite of jim's probable ingratitude she would behave as his wife as the lenient woman she felt herself to be certainly her common sense recognised that he was 
returning from his sham grave with gifts in his hands but of those she was the giver and seeing that she could betray his share in the conspiracy without inculpating herself leah foresaw the possession of limitless power to enforce obedience that power she resolved to utilize for the purpose of getting her own unfettered way and all the money she required for contemplated extravagances also she intended to stop jim's illicit flirtations now that he was a peer of the realm he would have to purge and live cleanly after the fashion of one sir john falstaff knight we owe that much to society thought leah virtuously and considered the rumoured doings of black sheep who would be cast out of the mayfair fold were their housetops removed that the shifting of the curzon street mansion tiles might also be attended with danger she did not pause to consider on the ensuing afternoon askew arrived to say farewell but as circumstances were too embarrassing to permit of her taking any interest in other people's affairs she declined to see him nevertheless he urged a personal interview on the plea that he would be absent for months she yielded very unwillingly as her nerves clamoured for some outward sign of emotion which by the rules of society she would be obliged to suppress i know i shall be horribly rude murmured lady jim when the footman left the room to introduce the visitor but he has brought it on himself which excuse she considered ample for ensuing impoliteness askew with mistaken consideration entered the drawing-room almost on tiptoe and proceeded forthwith to condole with her in stage whispers she soon put a stop to this artificial sympathy further reference to life beyond the grave she could not and would not stand as she told him crisply don't talk funeral unless you wish to see me wreck the room i have had months of crying and crape and condoling but the sad circumstances are such that i did not wish to see you she retorted finishing his sentences for him as usual after her old fashion i feel so scratchy that i declined your visit out of sheer pity but you would insist so don't blame me if i am disagreeable you can never be disagreeable said askew soothingly can't i you wait ten minutes and see i think i had better go lady jim for your own sake i think you had good-bye askew still kept his seat i only wish to say that i am very very sorry for your terrible loss lady frith's terrible loss you mean go and see her if you want to play the hired mourner ah poor lady frith now don't begin about her snapped leah viciously but you must be sorry i am for myself i have been dosed with the post-mortem virtues of those three kames men until i feel that only wicked people are truly agreeable i regret the duke who was a nice old sinner turned saint and i lament lord frith for his goodness and sweetness of disposition there i never heard that lord frith had a sweet disposition he hadn't but i am only saying the kind of things you expect me to say oh askew looked shocked have the bodies been found i don't think so but you can ask the executors who look after these things any more questions no only i am sorry you said that before you are sorry i am sorry we are sorry i think that conjugation exhausts the subject let us talk of your yacht mr askew she's all right he murmured confused it was difficult to comprehend this woman who so lightly dropped a family sorrow to take on a subject which he knew interested her but little and when do you sail to-morrow or next day i came to say good-bye oh said leah carelessly i fancied you came to sympathize well she rose and extended her hand good-bye 
askew clasped her hand coldly wondering how he ever came to love so heartless a woman as jim was returning in glory and had not seen senorita friardo since his reported death leah felt that she could safely dismiss this boy to go where he would besides she was beginning to find him a bore he took things much too seriously and was by no means so good-looking as she had imagined all the same after the manner of woman who wants to have her pie and eat it she by no means approved of his readiness to depart you don't seem to care much she said reproachfully and felt quite ill-used askew coloured boyishly i am not broken-hearted certainly i do not believe that you have a heart you are right it is at rosario then i advise you to go after it lest it should get mixed up with other men's hearts lola is no flirt cried askew loyally then she must be altogether too good for this world good-bye bring mrs askew to see me when you return i fear you would be bored with her said he sore and sarcastic probably married women are not interesting except to people like you and jim who persistently break the tenth commandment i know one married woman who-who has just said good-bye to you and repeats it snapped lady jim seeing he was about to be rude oh very well then good-bye said askew going out in a rage with her and with himself and so they parted leah returned smiling to her seat delighted that she made him lose his temper as by doing so she had recovered her own it was so satisfactory to a deserted woman to think that a man whose love had cooled should go away uncomfortable and what a mercy he is gone said lady jim settling to read fashions i hope he'll stop in america with that lola creature for the rest of his silly life i suppose he won't turn over this page of his book of life but tear it out and in this she was perfectly right he did towards five o'clock lionel arrived although she had no intimation of his coming she quite expected to see him and was prepared to make any necessary scene the young clergyman looked white and excited entering the room so rapidly that the footman had hardly time to announce the title that he was losing lady jim recognising a crisis came forward rapidly with studied emotion you know all all she said in a choking voice and caught his hands he was taken aback yes if you mean that your husband lives it is true then it is true she tottered to the sofa and cast herself down with passionate emotion say that it is true i think so but how do you know leah sat up with a puzzled look did you not get my letter saying that i had had a shock and intended to consult mr hall yes but you did not explain i could not seeing the position it places you in never mind me if jim is alive he takes the title so this man came to you he did and tried to extort money because i refused he hinted that he would buy your silence i never thought that he would dare to go to firmingham but when you entered a look told me all but can you believe this story it seems incredible the police did not think so said lionel grimly lady jim dropped on to the sofa again the police of course this scoundrel came to firmingham and said that if i gave him three thousand pounds he would keep jim away from england so that i could enjoy the title i learned the truth about this conspiracy of dr demetrius and then had captain strange arrested to-day a policeman brought him to london he is in prison serve him right the brute did he not tell you how he threatened me no i never guessed that he had come to you but he did and said that if i gave him two thousand pounds he would bring jim back failing me he tried you at a higher price i should have had him arrested mr hall says but i could not i was bewildered quite bewildered 
it seems incredible oh lionel she laid her hand imploringly on his sleeve surely demetrius did not behave so vilely i fear that he did the man as every one in london knows was madly in love with you i never encouraged him really i didn't no said lionel bluntly i do not think he was rich enough for you to encourage how can you think so badly of me because you are all self you admitted that long ago to do you justice i think you were a good wife to jim i am a good wife don't make me out to be a, the widow i am not of course the story must be false she ended helplessly i think not it is too circumstantial and moreover this man who appears to be illiterate could not invent such a tale plainly the russian who seemed to be clever conspired to get rid of jim so that you might be induced to marry him as though i would ever do such a thing i told you at firmingham that i had no intention of marrying i dare say jim and i will come together again and be very happy i hope so i trust so said lionel with solemn emphasis remember god is giving you another chance i made very good use of the last one she retorted sullenly jim was always to blame and not i i suppose this insurance money will have to be given back certainly you can hardly complain of that seeing the income you will now receive jim will you mean i expect he'll turn out a screw now that he is rich your spendthrifts are always old misers and i don't see why you should be nasty i'm sure i have had a miserable time you will have a happy one now he said relenting with jim she cried derisively how optimistic you are surely i have a right to be when god is so good to you god she echoed vaguely and thinking of the obliging fetish oh yes of course i'm awfully thankful the insurance money would not have lasted for ever and i might not have found so manageable a husband as jim things will be jolly now lionel groaned is that as high as you can rise he asked rebukingly oh lord what do you want me to say cried leah with the causeless anger of the overwrought i can't think of pious proverbs when i am like this what with supposed deaths and real deaths and nothing but funerals to amuse one i don't know if i am on my head or my heels there that's vulgar and you needn't look disgusted if it is i feel vulgar i could run out and howl up and down curzon street like a whitechapel woman in a tantrum and if you preach if you you oh what fools men are she choked rolled in her chair ripped a handkerchief and kicked away her footstool the curate as he was once more saw how she tried to fight down the hysteria and wisely refrained from speech a single word might cause the primitive emotions to burst with volcanic force through the imposed customs of civilization considering the joyful news of jim kaim's resurrection and the trouble of the attempted blackmail it was natural that she should suddenly betray feminine weakness she was but a woman when all was said and done leah would have repudiated this conclusion with scorn as she had small regard for her sex but a woman she was at the moment unstrung foolish wild with dread that the unforeseen might happen lionel moved silently to the door in a moment she was at his side reaching him with the bound of a pantheress don't be angry she panted laying her hand on his arm but you do worry me so and if you knew if you really knew she gasped and bit her lip to prevent an unguarded tongue blurting out the whole there there he patted her hand and she could have slapped him for the caress which revealed his knowledge of her weakness it's all right all right be calm there there oh lord what tact 
and so disgusted was she with the stupidity of the man that her nerves relaxed i say lionel with an artificial laugh aren't you sorry for yourself not in the least he replied promptly i am no jacob to usurp the heritage of esau high or low we can all serve god in our degrees asked jim to make me vicar of firmingham i will if you promise not to preach how would you have me earn my salary then he asked humorously and glad that she appeared more composed now i advise you to lie down yes she assented submissively i will lie down and you i go at once to see mr hall about getting jim set free good-bye duchess and in a moment he was gone anxious to escape further irresponsible speech duchess echoed leah staring at the closed door duchess it was all right then so far as lionel was concerned seeing that he gave her the title which mr hall withheld he at least believed in the wonderful story of strange with lionel on her side things would be bound to come out all right still although the trees were thinning she was not yet out of the wood the green light of safety had not yet been substituted for the red danger signal i am aching all over said leah addressing her reflection in the mirror there's a twist of nerves between my eyes and i could scream the house down but i shan't she flung away from the glass gripping her courage with both hands i'll be calm and easy in my mind till jim comes back when the worst is over i shall collapse i know i shall till then till then oh god the weakness she declined to recognize broke forth in prayer give me grit and pluck to fight through to the end so she prayed but not to the fetish in this uplifted moment leah felt that lionel's deity was not a myth but a terrible reality end of chapter twenty eight